It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in to the Patrick Johnson Show. We have a very special announcement today. We fill in for the P-Man as he's calling ECU softball at Max Joyner Stadium. Boom. Ben B-Baby, excuse me. Byram (laughs) filling in for the P-Man. Joe Sampson, ECU football legend. Woo. In our eyes. (laughs) Right across from me. Chris is coming in today with a very Woo! unique outfit. What, what's unique about it? Well, you look like Chris Daughtry, my man, which is not what, the first that's time not a bad look. Like, no, it's not. First yeah. night out of Hollywood on American Idol, Chris Daughtry. I'm fine with He's that. He's got the black. I'm personally fine with black that. black button-up Henley polo with the gray pants and the sneakers. I have personally witnessed girls say that to Chris, that he looks like Chris Daughtry and that they like it. Yeah, they like I know. It. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Chris Cookie Daughtry. What better bald man to look like, right? That dude's a bald legend. Absolutely. Well, well on, on Instagram, on our story, and it's on Facebook stories. <laughs> oh, anybody, you did not. Did you put it on Facebook, if, too? If anybody uses those. I know p- people use Instagram stories. Facebook stories, eh. Nonetheless. You We're can, just trying to grow the game here. We got a picture of Cookie, if you want to see it. Um, and we asked... Is this a Chris Daughtry lookalike? Yes or no? It's just it's a super two thousands look, but yeah, it works. It works. It, it works. works. Yeah. Um, hey, I just got swag like that, man. Like LimeWire two thousands. What does that mean? That's early two thousands, <laughs> buddy. No, I'm talking like two thousand six. Two thousand six <laughs> does work. Two thousand six is a little bit more fitting. Where, where are we cutting off early two thousands? Then I would say like two thousand nine, maybe two thousand nine is included, but like the decade change, I would say like ended that. Yeah, there was kind of so a new, newer style. We're about to get it. into sports talk here in a little bit, but, <laughs> but I, I would say like this looks like something Russell Brand would wear when Russell Brand was really <laughs> okay. kind of doing his thing. All right. Does like that right is, before, is that fair? Right before specific. get him to the Greek. Yeah, no, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's very specific, but I feel like it's fair. Nonetheless, hundred percent say yes. That cookie. Is a Chris Daughtry lookalike. Wow. Be sure to vote on that. I don't know how long stories stay up, but it's going to be there whenever you check it. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. As we mentioned, Chris Cook, Cookie on the ones and twos. Woo! Dominic Kosolke. Woo! I'll give him a woo, too. Yeah. Give him a, yeah, Dom. Give him a woo, and like I said, Joe Sampson. I wonder if I should give a bam or a woo, considering the, the terms. No, you do the stepbrothers. Apa! We'll, br- we'll even bring Ric Flair we'll into this. Yeah. Woo! There we go. Getting into it. You can call me Nighthawk. couple of ECU quick news and notes. Um, obviously, basketball, big things happening this weekend, a really action-packed weekend, as we can potentially have the number one team in the country in college basketball coming to Minji's. And who knows? Maybe we get an epic, uh, epic upset like last time when Houston yeah, was ranked. About to say, it wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't it be the first time. Hopefully, it would not be the last time. I hope it's not going to be like the one where uh, everyone was getting thrown out. 
Yeah, that was that was interesting. 2018, 2019, I believe I was at that one. I know some people who got thrown out of that one. Oh, so, you personally yeah. know some of the people that were thrown out? We know a guy that listens to this um, show. Me and you, Cookie, okay. we know this guy mutually who got thrown out of that game or was causing problems. I don't know if he was causing problems. He might have been a little bit out of line. A little okay. rambunctious. The story I guy. heard is he might have been a little bit out of line. So, Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Was he uh, partaking in any adult beverages? Would you care to comment? I don't think they had that at that point. Maybe he pre-gamed, <laughs> but I don't think they had that at the games at that point. But He was just passionate about EC basketball. Got to have passion. Either way, getting back on track here. Uh, yeah. Big time opportunity. I look at it this way. Your reason to go to the game, I shouldn't have to sell you on it. Number one team in the country. ECU basketball needs your support here. You get to see, you know, what? who gets to say, not a lot of people get to say, I saw the number one team in the country at one point in time in person, let alone in Minji's Coliseum right here in Greenville. So there's your selling point right then and there. It's going to be exciting, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Speaking of Houston, ECU women's basketball had a big game against Houston last night. Oh, wild Absolute game. Absolute wild game. Yeah, went into triple overtime. East Women's Basketball secured the second seed in the AAC, the AAC tournament. It was a great turnout for East Women's Basketball. I heard basketball. that. I, I was in here, so I didn't see it, but uh, I, I heard that it was a great turnout. I'm glad to hear that. And the fans were into it. It wasn't like they just came up there and kind of pat them on the back. Like They were actually really good oh, yeah. into it, which is good to see. You know, It's hard to build interest. I, I, my, people might come after me for this. It's, <laughs> it's hard to build interest for East Women's Basketball or women's basketball in general. Mm-hmm. Kim McNeil has done a solid job of doing that. She's done an unbelievable job. And, yeah, she uh, truly has. If I'm not mistaken, they were picked uh, originally to finish last in the conference. That's yes. the big story. And they kept the receipts. Yeah, that's the big story. They kind of took a shot at that. But just a quick rundown here. Um, EC trailed by 10 points with 11 minutes to play in regulation. Uh, they then went into three overtimes before the Pirates emerged with an 88-83 to win in front of a crowd of over 2,000. In Menji's Coliseum, they have now come back from deficits of 11, 9, and 10 in their last three games, and have won six straight overall. That's unbelievable. Absolutely yeah, I, I, unbelievable. I love it. See, love to see another sport do well at ECU. Longest streak since 2014-2015 season. They're now 20 and 8, 11 and 4 in the AAC, and with a win on Tulane on Saturday. They can officially clinch the number one or the number two seed in the AAC tournament. Interesting thing about Houston, and we'll move on from this. Houston coming into that game, I believe, had a losing record, and for most of the year they had a losing record, but sat second in the conference standings because they had yep. such a good conference. Record. They entered the game eleven and fourteen total, yep. yes. But they were second or third in the conference standings coming to that game. I, I excuse me, I. I I don't have the exact details on me. Nonetheless, they're sitting pretty good in the conference standings with a losing record. Of course. Uh-huh. There's not a yeah, lot of sports hey, where you see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so congratulations to the women's team. You know, I'm always going to support the women's team when uh, – always, but with Amaya Joyner especially. Oh, you got to support him for Amaya Joyner. <laughs> you know, I got yeah. that added personal you It's know, Amaya Joyner's league. We're just living in it. It makes me look a little bit better, the fact that I got demolished by her when <laughs> I did player back in the day. So. <laughs> Nonetheless, congratulations to ECU women's basketball. Definitely good to hear there. We have some ECU softball currently underway. Mm-hmm. They're playing Bucknell. Um, we'll give you a quick update on that later in the show. Patrick Johnson on the call for that. So Philip the Ref Pilkington doing PA announcing. Yes, also yeah, right. It, that's his passion, man. Ninety-four point three family affair. Honestly, yeah, absolutely. It's we're doing big things, baby. Yeah, ECU baseball. Um, 
I know he does PA in for that every once in a while, and you know I, I'm so happy for him, man. You know, there's no other thing. <laughs> that, I'm sure that means a lot to him. There's no other thing he would rather do in the world. There's than nothing that. he would rather. He do He puts than everything that. behind uh-huh. it. Too. He does. Like uh, you can feel the passion when he's, he's calling the game. He truly can. can. He's so endearing, man. I love him to death. I love his home run calls. Okay, yeah. I see. I haven't even. Know, see, I'm usually in studio. Me too. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I catch it when I can in the background, so <laughs> I don't really hear the home run calls, but. Nonetheless, I know he loves it to death. Loves we were at that death. one where it got rained out. That's where I heard from, so I didn't even get to hear that. But he's oh, he, he loves announcing the people, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, Phillip's just been killing it here recently. ECU Sports, you know, is a, is everything's trending upwards, which is good to see. There's not really a program I could see or talk about right now besides maybe one I just, you know, don't follow just because there's not a coverage for it. Like, I don't know what's going on with tennis, I'll be honest with you. But nonetheless, every- they're on the rise. Okay, well, there I'm we go. Give it to you. They're on the rise. Now we officially have confirmation <laughs> that every ECU athletic department program or ECU athletic rise. program is on the rise. We got a Birmingham Bowl champion right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joe Sampson. Yeah, he was there. He witnessed it firsthand. Speaking of ECU football, this was an interesting note I just saw on Twitter. This was posted by NCAA Football Nation here. ECU signed their best recruiting class ever by average recruit ranking in 2023. The Pirates' average recruit ranking, if you care about all the numbers, 84.33, which is really good for ECU. Really, really good. That's up 1.38 points higher than last year. Quarterback Raheem Jeter and wide receiver Nate Branch are a big-time duo um, in the coming seasons for ECU. Raheem Jeter, um, a really highly touted quarterback prospect that committed to ECU. I saw he took pictures at Sup Dogs with the waitresses. <laughs> He's already doing it right in green. Oh, yeah, yeah that's already Another South to Carolina guy, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So not not necessarily local, but within the range, obviously. Yeah. He was a finalist for Mr. South Carolina Football. Don't know if he wanted or not. Don't have the information in front of me. But huge, huge dude to just pull into our recruiting class. Awesome dude. Met him uh, on a couple of visits and then just wishing him the best success also. Awesome. Another South Carolina athlete, R.J. Felton, really been carrying ECU here of recent Another guy, Jaden Walker, has really emerged at the point position. Really thrilled to see him playing the point. He's more of a facilitator, and then when he has a scoring opportunity, he takes smart shots, he takes smart drives to the basket, and his scoring numbers have really gone up in the absence of Javon Small. Coach Schwartz, ahead of Houston, speaking to the media earlier this morning, he talked about scouting Houston, looking at Houston, a lot of big-time guys in that program. Um, what should we expect from Houston as they come to Greenville this Saturday? As you said, everything. I uh, just have so much respect for Coach Sampson, their staff, their players, uh, the way they play. Um, you know, we, we could sit here and talk the whole the whole time about what they do well. Uh, but again, obviously, just a dynamic team with as good of a backcourt as there is in the country, uh, with Shad and Sasser on the front line with with Walker and Roberts. So, uh, just very dynamic team. You know, as good of a defensive team as there is in the country, and as much credit as they get defense and rebounding, this is a team that is scoring uh, you know, over 75 points a game in conference play. Uh, so a very strong offensive team that really can beat you every which way and, and are talented all across the board. This is a team, or this is a game, that has a lot of potential to break attendance records and attendance numbers. Mike Schwartz talks about he's excited for the atmosphere in Mindy's Coliseum come Saturday. I think the exciting part about that is the atmosphere that uh, we hopefully will have in here on Saturday night. Uh, you know, I think this fan base is the best in the country. I think it's been awesome. It has helped us win games in this building. 
and I think it's exciting for Greenville, ECU, everybody, Pirate Nation, to know that Saturday night's going to be a great atmosphere in there. Uh, you know, because it's just been fantastic all year long. And this is a, you know, I believe this is the first time ever the number one team in the country in terms of ranking has come into this building. So I expect it to be an awesome atmosphere. For all the listeners out here listening to this, I'm going to be your personal assistant here for a moment. I'm going to plan out your Saturday. What you're going to do <laughs> is you're going to go to the Houston game. Let me write it. this down. Yes, please write this down. Actually, I'm writing it down. I'm the personal assistant. <laughs> I'm writing it down for you. I'm laying Uh-oh. down the law right now. Uh-oh. You're going to go to that ECU basketball game against Houston. Tickets are cheap. Do it. You're going to see the number one team in the country, potentially. Maybe number two. Nonetheless, number two, number one, That's, doesn't I mean, matter. hey, that doesn't make that much of a difference. In today's college basketball, especially this season, they're number one in my eyes. You're going to go see that. You're going to see the Pirates beat them. You're going to go see ECU baseball play UNC, hopefully, if that game does not get moved up, at Clark LeClaire. And you're going to see them beat UNC. Then afterwards, you can go downtown, you can celebrate, do whatever you want. That's your Saturday right there. That's a fun Saturday. Show up and like show an, out. That sounds like an awesome Saturday, Absolutely. actually. That, that's how you do it, Pirate Nation. I shouldn't have to tell you. You already know. You don't need a personal assistant. Why are you paying me? For From it? the man himself. Yeah. Free advice. Anyways, that's going to do it for our Pirate Report segment. A couple of interesting news and notes coming up. Uh, the Panthers OC, Thomas Brown, coming from the Rams, spoke to the media earlier today. He talks about what he wants in a quarterback. Interesting discussion on the other side. Also, we get into the XFL ratings. Ratings have been released. Uh, we'll see how uh, they're looking so far. It is early. It is early. We'll say that much. And um, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his hobbit hole. What does oh, that mean? God. All that and oh, more God. later in the show right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Like every time I host, I let it get to me. I'm like <laughs> bossing Cookie around and everything. I'm yelling at him. No, you're not. Better get your stuff together, Cookie. No, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Latest... How about that song? We didn't mention that song, Super Free. She's Super Freak. What is there to mention? What's there to mention? Cookie? That she is the Super Freak. That's exactly what you mentioned. Who are we talking about here? What are you going to get us about? in trouble? Are you going to get us in trouble? Whoever Rick James is talking about in the <laughs> song. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson <laughs> Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man who's on the softball call on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Joe Sampson, former Pirate tight end across from me. Woo-woo. Cookie on the ones and twos, as I mentioned. More on Cookie here in a bit. Dominic Casola provided production assistance. Uh, the latest on our Instagram poll, is Cookie a Chris Daughtry lookalike? Oh, no. Yes or no? 100% yes so far. Be sure to vote on that. Number yeah, But see, like this, you make it sound like this is under the premise that this is like funny to me or something. I actually like that. No, yeah, dude. We're, we, I just want to. This, this pers- is just a statistical research. We're just. We're just no, uh, y'all are drinking that haterade, man. I'm not hating. Did I say you look dumb or anything? We said you what's look wrong like looking like a celebrity girl's like. You know what else? You know what else? Moms love dogs. I was about to say ninety five percent of moms. In the U.S., love them some Chris Daughtry. Moms love Cookie. Moms exactly. love some Chris Cookie. Correlation. Right Wasn't there. that a joke in Family Guy? Like, uh, Lois really loved Daughtry. She's like, ah, Daughtry. It was yeah. somebody like that. Yeah. I don't know Knows if it was Lois. him specifically. She's like, because yeah. I'm a mom, and all moms love Daughtry. She's like, I only came to see Daughtry. I don't know why this became a Daughtry show. but this let's is get now in, a Daughtry show. Let's get into some sports here. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers. Right, we'll, we'll call it the call it the Cat Corner or something. All right. That's on, a good name. On the path. The cat corner. No, I used to have a Panthers podcast called On the Prowl. 
That's a good name. So, you look, thought of that yourself? Keeping that, yes. Oh, keeping that alive, we'll call this On the Prowl. Do we have a meow sound effect for this? Rah! Meow! <laughs> you can play Cat Scratch where you're in the background. There you go. <laughs> Please don't do that. Carolina Panthers uh, hired their new OC, of course, Thomas Brown, who I don't know a lot about, to be honest with you. He was a tight ends coach. He was like an offensive assistant with the Rams. Um, was looked at for a lot of coordinator gigs on the offensive side of the ball for the last couple of years and finally got it with the Panthers. Um, he had an introductory press conference today, or not maybe not introductory, but a press conference in general. They asked him what he's looking for in a quarterback, and he kind of contradicts himself. He really kind of left it open to your own interpretation. But, of course, he said he's looking for a really good one, and then he smiled. And then he said he wants a guy that's able to have a point guard mentality, much like a Jaden Walker with ECU, keeping an ECU. Facilitator. Mm-hmm. Okay. A facilitator, exactly. And a guy that's able to distribute the ball to your playmakers and on third down, red zone, two-minute, and then he ends it with go play Superman. So do you want a facilitator or do you want a star? I don't think he's made up his mind. Yeah, I mean, it seems two, like he does. That's Kirk Cousins versus Patrick Mahomes if as, you want, as far as we're looking at it. If you want a facilitator, I mean, you could keep Sam Darnold, honestly. You could. You You'd could keep, probably save about $45 million. Or do you want a facilitator like a Derek? Carr. Oh. I wouldn't. I, he's oh. kind of a star, man. You know what? I was against Derek Carr because I'm like, you know, the cap hit is still going to be a lot. Um, you look at it. Is he a top ten quarterback in the league? And for the longest time in the back of my head, I was like, no. And then I looked at the quarterbacks in the league, and I was under the impression, oh, there's he's... a lot of great quarterbacks in the league. And I looked, and I'm like, no, Derek Carr might be top ten in this league. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's there's always a team that is like. Or Dom's always, disagreeing. Have Dom call on the mic when you dump that. Point. Okay, sorry. But yeah, there's always like the team that is a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. It was the Rams <clears throat> when they got Stafford, for example. I'll say this. I say. Wait, hold on. I'm I got it. I got you. Finish your point. It's the New York Jets. You throw. Okay, let's say it's the New York Jets. It is. The New I York think Jets. you throw Carr on a team that is a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. I think he can get it done. I, I don't agree. know if he's like top five or whatever like that but if you're a quarterback away he'll he'll be your boy i think i've been saying this for weeks i look i think the panthers are close but i don't think they're a quarterback away no. yet there's some defense no they, they got they got a lot more in there they're a whole defense away they're a whole defense away i don't think whole defense you need an ed, edge rusher a, really and yeah, a backer you need another edge rusher besides burns you need a true linebacker who can cover and fill the run you Probably have you have a yeah you got jc horn he's a good young corner but you need another corner on that side and then you need a safety over top at yeah, least. yeah, but uh, Dom's disagreeing with Derek Carr being top ten. Uh, Go ahead, Dom. What, what you got, Dom? Dom, you probably under the pressure. There's tons of great quarterbacks in this league. Oh, uh, not that there's tons of great quarterbacks, but I, I can name a few that would just take him out of the top ten. All right, okay. Okay. I'm gonna All pitch right. you, you know some what? names. You tell me if they're better or if they're worse than the guy I mentioned here. We're gonna start Daniel Jones. Better or worse than Derek uh, Carr? Worse. So Daniel Jones is worse. Yeah, than I think far. he's worse. Okay, all right. Okay. See in the scale. Kirk see Cousins scale. better or worse? You're better. a Vikings fan. I, I am biased, but he's definitely better. People, uh, most people see him on the same level. He's, he's I'd a say check, they're yeah. similar, but yeah. I, Kirk I still Cousins think Kirk won't is lose you a game, but he's not going to go out there and win you. Here's I mean, where he had you're going to get of fourth quarter comebacks last Here's season. Here's where you're going to no, get a lot of respect. He didn't. Jay Juddis did. He's part of it. Here's where you're going to get a lot of respect from me. Dak Prescott better or worse than Derek Carr? I think Ooh. I think Dak Prescott is better. Okay. Ooh, okay. All right. I would actually disagree with I'm, that. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm chomping over here. Yeah, I would actually disagree with that, but I could see it either way. I could see either I, I, way. I can see point. your point of view. If Dak well. Prescott is not a Dallas Cowboy, he's not even top 15 in the league. 
that's that's what it boils down to. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Dak is I've I've stand by this, and it's not like this groundbreaking point. A lot of people have made this point, including like big media pundits in football, that he's a guy that makes a mistake early, and it's like Dak had a good game, had a good game. He overcame the mistakes early. When does it get to the point where there's just, there's just no mistakes? Exactly. If overcome. you throw an interception on the first drive, and you come back and oh, he threw four touchdowns after that. You're still down a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's just been the big thing of Dak. Yeah. But going back to the Panthers, um, I think Derek Carr. It's not a bad move. I wouldn't love the move, especially with the cap hit. He, Keep a guy like Sam Donald if you're going to make a move like I, that. I think with Reich especially. Yeah. If you keep Darnold, the limitations of your offense are significantly lower than if you went and got a rookie. Absolutely, yeah. But the ceiling for it is. Ten wins, maybe. Yeah, maybe eleven. No, you're exactly if you can right. Sneak through, win the division. You're not. You're not a perennial contender, if we would. It, yeah. But you can win the division. You can get out of, as we like to call it, purgatory with picks and trying. Are you in a rebuild? Or are you in a reload? Where exactly do you fall as a franchise? So I, I agree with the Darnold pick there, but I, I worry with the Derek Carr, you're swinging for the fences too early. Yeah, and that's kind of been the Panthers' problem, especially the quarterback position. They look for guys that have potential. Um, that came from elsewhere in free agency, like Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold. So they're doesn't work. Baker Mayfield. So they're kind of doing like what the Colts have been doing the last few years. You're saying, which I was going to get into that. That's something that has plagued Frank Reich's tenure with the Colts. I was about to say, is taking chances, like uh, look, looking to fix guys or maybe past their prime that haven't worked out with other teams, like a Carson Wentz. Like a Philip Rivers. See, they thought they were a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, and, and then they quickly realized they that wasn't were. the case. Well, they actually were. They just didn't get the right guys. Yeah. They actually were. I would, yeah. The Carson Wentz experiment blew up in their face. But if we look at that offense, considering what they did with Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers was two games away of either them winning or the uh, I think it was the Titans losing yeah. that last one from being in the playoffs on the back end of his career, with a loaded offensive line before they had Jonathan Taylor, who's now a once-in-a-generational running back, as we've seen. Well, they had, like, three good running backs in that they running, had, back, uh, running back. Oh, game. yeah, they Mar- had Harlan Marlin, from NC State, Hines right? Ward, Marlon mm-hmm. Mack, and then uh, there was one other one. Jonathan Wilkins had a really good Jonathan year that Wilkins, year. Jonathan Wilkins, thank yeah. you, sir. Yeah. But I wonder, because Thomas Brown's background has always been running backs, if Frank Reich is going to lean so heavily on... Hubbard and all the other running backs they have in that backfield to try and alleviate the pressure, which, as we heard him say, he wants a good point guard-like quarterback instead, of, and he can play Superman sometimes to go get it. But I worry with Carr, if you do that, are you selling out to the pass as opposed to hammering down the run, which is where Brown's strength has always been. He was a college running backs coach. He yeah. was a running backs coach for the Rams before he was the assistant head coach. Board and he AP. Was, yeah, worked with AP, yeah. worked with Noshawn Moreno when he was at Georgia. Like He's just got such a long tenure of building great running backs. Is that where they're leaning more towards? I love that point because that's what we saw last year, what this Panthers offense was. And it kind of proved that you could still win games like that yeah. in our league. And, um, you know, if you're going to go that route, don't swing for the fences with the quarterback, I don't think. Exactly. Which is crazy to say in today's NFL. But we've seen a lot of different quarterback changes for a lot of different teams, and it's been disastrous. Mm-hmm. I would say the only one that has like really worked recently was uh, Stafford with the Rams. Yeah. And even then, that's a that was a one-year rental as far as a win goes. He came in, you plugged him in, you had a great offense that's been a perennial thing to look at for the last three years, but this year went completely stagnant. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Got plagued by injuries, and all of a sudden Baker Mayfield's winning you a two-minute drill because he got off the plane on Thursday. Oh, they let it all loose to get that Super Bowl. They were like, we don't care what happens after this. We just want well, they the needed to. Super Bowl. The standards hang forever, remember that. The window was closing. But getting back to the Panthers here, I like the points you made about the running backs with Thomas Brown. He seems like the running back room we have right now. A big point of emphasis, and this has just been reported, is that they want to bring back Deontay Foreman, which I like. What worries me is that, you know, running backs come and go. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's been a trend when those running backs tend to get that second contract or a big contract, they dip. And that's just a, that's just a product of age. That's a product of wear and tear. You know, running backs, it's a very physical, demanding I would position. say that's one of the most brutal positions in all of sports. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't see a lot of them go past 30. So. That's what they like to say is 30 is the true drop-off. Absolutely. So Only one I can think of in recent memory that was near it was either Marshawn or... Adrian Peterson, as far as matching production, and even then it was limited compared yeah, I mean, to what they had done. AP still had a very productive year with the uh, the at the time the, the Redskins. Redskins yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, that seems to be the drop off. I'm interested to see what they do at the running back position. Then wrapping up here, Dom Capers is back. I don't know if you've seen this. This is a little lighthearted, funny moment. Um, the worst toupee I've. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, is he in the ball community and tries to hide it? Uh, do me a favor, because it's clear you've not seen this. Yeah, look cookie, up, cookie, look this up. Look okay, up, Just look up Dom Capers on that computer over there right now. Okay. And tell me what you think. It looks like the Pringles man's hair. Yes, yeah, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Yeah. It's the Pringle guy's hair on a old, decrepit man. Like, if you had to put the Pringles hair on Mr. Clean, is really I, how I, I see what it. you mean. It does look bad. I also want to point out, when you type in his name on Google, the first thing that pops up is hair next to it. Yeah, Don Caper's hair. Yeah. That adds up. It's a big topic of conversation right now. And he's so old, he probably doesn't even realize like he's the laughing stock of the Panthers. <laughs> What's right wrong now? with being bald? Ask him. Some people are very insecure about. There was probably a point where you were very insecure about being bald. No, dude, I've been in. There's a whole. I, I've, I've been bald community since okay. day one, baby. Okay. There's right. a whole storyline in Goodfellas about Maury's with the wigs and the toupees before he gets whacked. That's he, right. Nobody yeah. wanted to be bald back He's, then. So, yeah, he saw. But you, this whole single-handedly, are bringing it back. Me and Chris Daltrey, and Chris Daltrey are owning it. Wrapping it up, we got some breaking news that may possibly pertain to the Panthers. They don't tend to make these moves. We'll see. But let's kick it over to a 94-3 The Game Sports update with our very own Joe Sampson. Take it away, Joe. ECU women's basketball shows no quarter, beating Houston in triple overtime by a score of 88-83. to Danae McNeil led the scoring with 34 points, with Johnson and Joyner scoring double digits as well. ECU softball is off to a hot start with an 8-2 record and is currently playing Bucknell in a doubleheader in Greenville at Max Johnson Stadium. The U.S. women's national team beats Brazil 2-1 in the She Believes Cup. Former Chihuahua and NC State guard Nate McMillan has been fired as head coach from the Atlanta Hawks. Broncos are bringing back Vance Joseph as the D.C. Bobby Wagner has been released from the L.A. Rams, and Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. Wait, 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 wait. I mentioned this earlier. He has emerged. It's it's a he ridiculous has story. Risen. This is such a weird. He's story, a goof, man. man. As a Packers fan, he's a he's wacko. A it's such a weird. He's story, a wacko. Man. That's we'll, the only way to describe it. Is he's a whack job. We'll talk about it on the other side. Aaron Rodgers, the Hobbit, back. <laughs> <laughs> this time last year, we were talking about ayahuasca and blue of Earth. He and now it's a darkness retreat. Jeopardy. He's back, though. He's back, yeah. All we'll right. see him on Pat McAfee at some point. We know Cookie's a big Green Bay fan. What to make of Aaron Rodgers emerging from his little hole, and does anybody care? All that and much more on the other side, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. 
We were carrying over the quarterback conversation and break, and you know, there's a lot of intangibles to it, a lot of numbers. I'm fired up out. now. But yeah, Dom's got a very interesting point of view, and I, it's healthy. It's a healthy point of view. I don't think he's completely wrong with his mindset there. I do like the fact he didn't put Kyler Murray in his top ten. So nothing but respect here. He didn't put Deshaun Watson in it either. As a and short guy, yeah. I got to put uh, Kyler Murray in mine. Kyler Murray sucks, dude. He stinks. I'm sorry, he stinks. Kyler Murray, come on. Because he's short. Yeah, because he's short. Baker Mayfield. You know who else short, was short? Dude. Yeah, Baker Mayfield short. Yeah. Russell Wilson short. <laughs> but, but see, people Careful. call people call it's them spicy. short. People call them short. They're my size, though. Yeah, yeah they're, but they're I don't consider you that short, though. Yeah. Kyler Murray is actually like Here a short go. guy. Here's your Bryce Young short king moment right there. Yeah. You yeah. can Maybe latch Bryce right Young on. Oh, yeah. Um, just carrying over this Panthers conversation before we get into Aaron Rodgers, with Bobby Wagner being released, do you jump on that move and finally get your uh, – Basically, your follow-up to Luke Keekley, the void that Luke Keekley left behind. He's literally he was one A, one B of Keekley when he was in the league. I think he is too on the tail end of his career for that to be a good move for them. If I'm being totally honest, if you're looking towards the, but maybe he can bring a young linebacker along. I don't know if he'll be comfortable in that role. Maybe mm-hmm. he's looking to win now. That's the big question. But it's something to explore. It's something to look at. I think that's where it truly comes into play. And we talked about swinging too hard too early. Yeah. Is that you're trying to hit your home run in year one? Yeah. Bringing in Bobby Wagner in a win now mode, or are you going to commit to the rebuild, commit to the reload, and build a team that can't just win the division but can win the conference? And that's a great point because you know we've always heard from Tepper and previous coaches they're in win now mode, and it's led to them making trying to make home run swing for the fences or aggressive hires or moves, Eight and it's years always backfired. It's always backfired. So. You got to play it safe. You got a good coach. You have an all-star coaching staff now. Absolutely. You could play it safe and win games. I think so. There's no need to do these irrational moves and make irrational decisions. Moving on. To well, eight. they're not going to win a lot of games doing that. But I agree with you that they'll start trending yeah, in the other last direction. You got to win eight before horrible. you can win thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look that's at, fair. Look at that's what fair. The Eagles yeah. did last year with Hurts. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but they weren't the number one seed. And look, and the, nobody thought the Eagles this year would make the jump. I don't think the Panthers are that close to that jump, though, no, is but the I'm problem. saying that's how you built. Okay, that's fair. If the Panthers won eight games under a new coaching staff, would that be a disappointment? No, it wouldn't. Yeah. And if you if it's a disappointment to you, I'm sorry, you don't know football. <laughs> you just don't know football and how that works. Then you don't know ball. You don't know ball don't lie, and you don't know it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get into Aaron Rodgers. This is really you guys' moment to shine, because I could not give less of a hoot about this story. I <laughs> I usually do not care about Aaron Rodgers' stories just because, like, what does it mean? What does it really mean? I, I think he does, like, publicity stunts. For well, What does that do for him? Well, his name is good. in the news he, all the time. The first thing I have to say about that is he lives in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. And he's a California boy born and, born and raised. Yeah. Went to Berkeley, went to a JUCO out there before Berkeley. Yeah. That's, that's him. Yeah. So at what point do you think the L.A. side of him or the California boy is happy sitting in the frozen tundra, Negative 10 degrees outside going to a Bucks game. And it's like, you know what? You say he's bored. <laughs> Maybe I should do something interesting. I, th- I think a way to put that in perspective would be to say he's lived the prime of his life in an area that's like unfamiliar and uncomfortable, even uncomfortable to him, I would say. That's bound to make anyone like go a little loony, you know what I mean? He's yeah. going to go on Joe, because Joe Rogan loves all this experience. Oh, he's already been stuff. on Joe Rogan. He's going to go on He's it going again right back. And talk about it. He's going right back. Hey, I, I watched the first one. It episode, actually wasn't bad. Episode 478 or whatever. It was okay. Be. He's a smart, well spoken guy, I'll give he him is. that. No, he but is. But he just does a little too much 
publicity stunts for me. Yeah. I, I thought that Joe Rogan episode was kind of disappointing, but that's a whole other debate for another day. But but it does bring us to my point. Okay. Hit New us with it. New York media and Aaron Rodgers would be the best of things to happen because there's nothing he can possibly do differently than what he's doing now to bring the media anymore onto what he's doing. That's true. In New York, if he goes to get a hot dog on the corner, they're going to be like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about his body. There's nothing he can do. Clearly, nutrition doesn't matter. He's tanking. He's only in it for the money. He doesn't have to pull these stunts anymore. He doesn't have to go on a Asayuka tea or whatever it was. Ayahuasca tea last year, and all his teammates are coming with him. He doesn't have to go on a darkness retreat. He can walk out of his apartment in, in Florham Park, New Jersey. Go to a bagel shop, and they'll be like, Aaron Rodgers is a cinnamon raisin guy, not a chocolate chip guy. I want that to happen. I'm a genuine fan of him for all he did for Green Bay. I just, I'm just i ready for him to get out of Green Bay, but I do want him to succeed. I think he would be great in New York. I think that would be good for like his mental health as far as like being comfortable in like a big city. I think my, so, yeah. My problem is is the New York move seems like a recipe for disaster to you me. You mean but why the... 2.0? Absolutely. Well, first of all, a guy like... For Aaron Rodgers, clearly, he's taken a big big cliff dive this year. Of course, of and course. And you could say it's because of the weapons. And, you know, maybe that's a quality I argument. Mean, Christian Watson had, was his leading receiver. He didn't have bad options. It was just a lot of young, inexperienced guys. That's yeah. fair. Very Al fair Lazard, if we're being fair. is not a number one guy at all. But he was his number one guy this past and year. That's, that's what we're getting at. Because yeah. Christian Watson leads your team in receiving, and he's supposed to be your third option as a rookie. But if you're arguing to me Aaron Rodgers loves the spotlight, and he's going to inherit a young team in New York that I think is ready to make some pretty deep playoff runs. Do you think bringing in a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's on the tail end of his career, looking towards retirement, and wants to dominate the headlines, is going to equate to winning really the leader you need in that locker room okay, right now? Yes, because they're done with Wilson, obviously. Okay. Zach Wilson had a similar problem. No, he no, was no. always in the headlines, and he couldn't handle it, and it was a huge distraction. The locker room didn't like him. Yeah, here's the difference with that, and I'm sure Cookie's going to get to it. Okay. The Zach Wilson play didn't back it up. That's true. Aaron Rodgers' Aaron play do it, though? Aaron Rodgers has been that guy for 10, 11 seasons now where he has been outspoken. People are like, maybe he's not a captain. Maybe he's not the leader of the locker room. Yeah. And week in and week out, if it's the fourth quarter – and you've got Aaron Rodgers on your football team, and you're down seven, you have a chance. Go ahead, Cookie, make your point. Um, okay, so with, you made the good point that the Jets, while they are ready to make a deep playoff run or like a young like upstarter team, that's fair. And so you're saying maybe not bring in like, someone on the tail end of their career looking for retirement to like be the quick fix for that. Uh, yeah. There's no one like absolutely stellar in the draft, like at least this year. And I would say maybe not the next couple years. Y'all can refute me on that. There's one. May there's there's one okay. Well, let me get this out. To say, <laughs> so why not why not while you're this great upstart team, bring in a veteran presence to make them even better, and then when that guy finally appears in the draft where you've got a high enough seat, you can get that guy and then have the true like the guy. Well, look, the Jets already have a very interesting locker room. It's not like Green Bay where you kind of have to have a conservative locker room because you're living in an area where nothing is going on. You're you're in New York. And you've got guys who are... Sauce Gardner is a very outspoken <laughs> character. I mean, CJ Uzama lining his chakras in between 
weeks and showing us that with his bonsai tree and his locker. I mean, there's so many different personalities in New York. There's compared to guys openly bashing Zach Wilson to the media this past year. I mean, wearing new T-shirts for the backup quarterback when Zach Wilson ridiculous. didn't start yeah. because they wanted the change. The this is offensive yeah. coordinator being outspoken that he hated Wilson, but. The owner wanted him to keep him, and that's where the feud came from. There's, there's so much going on in New York that Aaron Rodgers would be a back-page story. I think the best move for them would be a Derek Carr-type move, to no, be honest with I, you. I also like the Derek Carr move. You like guy. that better than Rodgers? Absolutely, yes. So the part of me that likes it better than Rodgers is Rodgers is the home run hit. Rodgers is the put the ball down, let's go play week one, let's go win the conference, win the division, and win the Super Bowl. Of course. Derek Carr is the let's continue to build off of what we had, go to the playoffs, maybe not win the division the first, or win the conference the first year, like build, 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 get a couple more pieces to fight the Chiefs instead of what the Bengals wound up doing, which it, it still paid off for them with Burrow, but like all the chips were in one basket. They tried to upgrade that O line, they did, but they didn't have the depth to get it done in the playoffs, and that's where the veteran maturity of the Chiefs showed up. So if you go get Rodgers. You're banking on it. He's the guy. He's the mature one to bring you to where you want to be. Get Derek Gino. Carr is the... <laughs> I'm just ben. sorry. Ben. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we will turn the mics off. Yeah. I, I think we've all made our points in this topic of conversation. Okay. I think everybody knows where everybody stands, and it's a healthy debate, and it's very interesting to see what the Jets will do. But if I may... Yeah, go ahead. Hold Nailers, QB1, New York Jets. I put it out there. There it is. Oh, well, well, we would obviously love to see that. Well... You know, that's going to lead us into our next segment or wrap up the show here. The Holt Naylor slander continues. <laughs> Joe brought that up to me before oh, the no. show. It's getting ridiculous. Leave my mans alone. We're going to talk a little bit about the USFL and the XFL. Keith Mitchell drafted the USFL. Oh, hey, great up. news. Great news. All that and more. Who knows if that's great news mm. or not. All that and more on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And now... Stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on 94.3 The Game. Man, I'm going to miss this when Patrick comes back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. This is fun. Not that it's not fun when he's here. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I love it. <laughs> Oh, man. Duh. Let's just act like that didn't happen. Welcome <laughs> okay. back to the Patrick Johnson Show. <laughs> ben Baby, B-Baby Byron filling in for the uh, P-Man who's on the ESPN Plus call for softball as they play Bucknell in Max Joyner Stadium. Be sure to check that out if you're interested. I'll love, co- I'll love Cookie. I'll love. Joe of Sampson, uh, former part tight end across from He gets me. a woo, too. Chris Cook of woo! the and Twos. And Dominic Kosolke, who hates Derek Carr, providing production assistance. So it's fun. You know, you can hate him. Drinking that haterade. I'll hate Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. I'll, I'll be right there with you. Uh, speaking of guys that people seem to hate, Holt Ehlers, um, getting a lot of hate from these alternative football leagues it's right now. It's getting ridiculous. Now, see, I haven't seen this, so, like, what actually has been said? It's, it's getting... Nothing's been said. It's, it's just, just more so... It's the actions. If Chase Bryce... If Malik Cunningham, if guys like which Malik Cunningham is a great quarterback, he um, yeah, which is mm-hmm. what we're getting at. Yeah. Like if there are people at this caliber of talent, yeah, that Holton is either in the same level of or above, yeah, why are they being taken ahead of him in these alternative leagues? Yeah, because you know if we're being honest, you know Holton might be able to latch onto an NFL roster just because of his pure mental aspect of the game. You know he's a very great leader. He's a great locker room guy. He's a guy you would want to have as a backup quarterback. Of course. But 
you know, if that doesn't work out, you would think if you're the USFL, you're jumping on the that opportunity. Not only that, he's got a built-in fan base. Exactly. You need the numbers, which we'll get into a little bit, because the numbers are not th- great for the XFL. Or- I think he is more than competent enough to be a starter in either the USFL or XFL. Well, yeah, we know which, that. Yeah, we already know that. Which is our point, too. When you take Lindsey Scott Jr. with your second overall pick and Trace, Chase Bryce with the third, where does the disrespect end? Yeah, and uh, the XFL, and I, I think there's a lot of parallels for the XFL and the USFL. So I think USFL numbers are going to be very similar here. But in opening weekend, XFL numbers were atrocious. They were 1.5, which means 1.5 million viewers, was their best game. That's down 54% from three years ago, the 2020 version, where they were averaging about 3 million viewers. Mm, that's not very mm-hmm. good, yeah. And their worst-rated game was a below a million, which is not good. Actually, it was their worst-rated game was a 700. Yikes. Which is terrible. So a .7, which is not good for any pro football. No, it's not. For any pro league. Moving forward, even if you have the – which works for the – what's working for the XFL is they now have the NFL's backing. It's going to be like NFL Europe where I don't know if it's going to be viable logistics-wise to keep this alive if you're not getting the TV numbers. So my first thought to that was I think ESPN is hurting the product. Well, yeah, they don't have good commentators for it either. No, not good commentators are in a competitive time frame. And what person is going to remember to turn on ESPN to go watch the XFL? Yeah. The USFL, they haven't played their first game yet, but they're advertising on Fox every single time that Super there Bowl. is anything. Yeah. The Super Bowl, they ran it for Daytona. They had multiple commercials and their big events to try and promote this league to get it back up off the ground. And I don't think... The XFL minus what The Rock is doing and all the content they're putting out is doing that on TV for ESPN. Well, I didn't even know it was starting uh, this past weekend until I yeah. like looked it up. I was like, I was just just so happy to be curious. When does it start? Mm-hmm. Looked up the start time. I'm like, oh damn, it's this weekend. Are you kidding me? Yeah. See, I found and I found out that from you. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it live. But we're speaking about like how ESPN's doing them. I will commend uh, them for like at least making the highlights they put on their like Instagram and stuff look interesting because like yeah. I've, I've been seeing those and it has made me be like oh wow I might actually need to watch we'll, uh, some of these games. We'll, we'll get into the play and the interest in the ideas they have that might be uh, might keep them alive and might you know make things interesting. But Keith Mitchell um, got drafted in the USFL draft third round I believe I'm fourth twenty eighth overall. Excuse me fourth. To the uh, New Orleans Breakers, was it? Yes. Oh, he deserves way better than fourth round. Well, the, the, you got to understand, Cookie, when it comes to these alternative leagues, they got to balance out, is this guy going to the NFL? Okay. Or do we t- take a chance at this guy in the later rounds and potentially strike gold? I didn't even think it's about that. Yeah. That's a great... Yeah. Uh, so yeah. in my media opinion, that's a waste of a pick. Yeah, Because Keaton Mitchell is NFL roster bound beyond comparison. Now he's, he's getting love from ESPN. Getting love from ESPN. He's getting love from PFF uh, Pro Football Focus, which is a independent publication that backs NFL and prospects well, they, coming they out use from that college. Yeah, it's the only yeah, thing. It. It's the mm-hmm. only thing Skip Bayless talks about, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not the only thing Skip Bayless talks about. I was, I was about to say, whole other topic conversation. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, Keaton Mitchell's getting love from Mina Comms, which was a great thing to see. She's kind of been dominating, like, Stephen A. Uh, ESPN programming for whatever reason. But <laughs> still cool to see him getting love from Mina, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Mina. No, that's a really public face that's like a household name almost that's talking about, like, Keaton Mitchell. So that's good. That we'll take good. it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. 
And she pretty much echoed the sentiment that everybody said about Keaton Mitchell. You know, he's going to get overlooked because of his size, but he's got that next-level ability. Dog. Um, going into the XFL and the interesting ideas that I liked, um, I was curious to see how do you keep – it's still called the XFL. You're still keeping that moniker. So we're on the idea it's an alternative and it's going to be more extreme. How do you keep an extreme-branded football league in the age of 2023 – and with the confines of today's football, they presented some interesting ideas and some interesting rules. But what are you doing here, Jeff? Yeah, he's doing. What are you? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm having fun, man. Yeah, he's just. I was like, should I wrap it up here? Yeah, like, yeah no, I was I'm like, is he trying here? to? I'm here for the ride. Okay, I want to hear Cookie's thoughts. Well, I liked at first on the kickoff, they had everybody line up at the fifty across mm-hmm. from each other, and it was like a wall of death ensues. <laughs> It's a wall and death that ensues, and soon as the kick returner gets the football. I thought that was great. So your point of the wall of death, though, is it's supposed to be safer? Yeah. So, so maybe we shouldn't advertise it as the wall of death. But, you know, it's the Extreme <laughs> Football League. It can it be safer, but be branded as super dangerous. It, it is. And people would get behind that. That's it's, very smart. It's super I, dangerous because they're one block away from it going to the house. Yeah. There's no yeah. backside safety to save it. But do you remember... Extreme. Do you remember the original uh, way that they decided? I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about what's going on in the current one because it doesn't matter. I mean, that XFL has nothing to do with this XFL. Bring back the old school XFL. It's been done to death in documentaries and whatnot. But also, like, I don't know. You can either hate this or love this. With a minute 30 left, you can have a 15-point comeback because of the uh, the extra point rules you can, and win a game. You can theoretically be down 18 points. I'm not sure if I like that or love that. I love it. From a fan perspective that is not convinced that this is something I should be watching if there's alternatives on TV, that is a great way to get someone in the same mindset as me to possibly tune in. We, yeah, saw, we saw the Battle Hawks were down 15, or 14? Yep. Down 14. With a minute 30 left, got the 4th and 15 instead of the onside kick, scored the touchdown, got the three-point conversion, and then all of that was in the span of a minute and a half for them to wrap it up. Yep. Um, So, yeah, XFL's got some interesting deals. I think the quarterback play has to get better. Not a lot of good quarterback play. But you got to find guys, which is why you take Chase Bryce from the USFL, two overall in that draft, but you don't take him in the XFL. Either way, XFL's got some growing pains, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm seeing, at least from the highlights. Again, they haven't gotten me to tune in yet. Shout out brought back sideline interviews. Either way, that's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Special thanks to Joe Sampson for joining me today. Honor as always. Special thanks to Chris Cook. Woo! Oh, man. I'm going to miss it tomorrow. I'm going to miss it, yeah. I might potentially miss it in the future. Maybe something about that next week. We'll hear something. down my eye. Dom Kosolke for production assistance and for the hot takes. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, We'll have ECU baseball tomorrow for you. Potentially a doubleheader. We'll just wait and see. That comes your way tomorrow right here on the flagship 94 through the game. See you guys.